The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something with your host, Ty Maynard. We're the starting point for sales professionals and business owners who want to gain more clients, score higher margins, and not be left behind in sales and business. Now, here's Ty Maynard. Hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome to the show. Welcome to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and we have another interesting topic today. And the topic today is keys to successfully resolving conflict with customers. And the most important aspect of resolving conflict is being able to communicate effectively. And one of the most important tools of communicating effectively is to learn how to listen. So we're going to be covering tools, tips, and techniques, ideas to help us to resolve conflict when it comes up, and it, it is going to come up. And, and as we've talked about in the past, maintaining positive relationships with customers is really one of the most important components to a successful sales career or even the growth of your business. And in most relationships, there will be a time with what I call the moment of truth. The moment of truth is when something happens that can cause that relationship to stall and we need to be able to help it grow beyond measure, or if we don't handle it correctly, it could cause that relationship to actually implode. And the outcome depends quite heavily on our reaction or our response to the other person. And if we respond correctly, the trouble is alleviated or averted, and the relationship is enhanced as a result of conflict. Conflict does not have to be bad, but we give it this perception that anything that has to do with confrontation or conflict is bad, all right? So it doesn't have to be bad. But the, the good news is uh, if we respond correctly, it can be averted. At the same time, if we respond incorrectly, the relationship can be damaged beyond repair and a customer is lost. So what we're going to do today is talk about how can we handle, how can we resolve conflict, and how can we even be the initiators of conflict with the customer so we can grow that relationship and we can have better understanding and communication. So one of the first things I like to talk about is we need to really identify who is your customer. And the definition I've heard and that I really like about a customer, a customer is anyone who relies or depends on the timeliness, quality, and accuracy of your work. Anyone who relies or depends on the quality, accuracy, and timeliness of your work. And basically what that means is you have two types of customers. You have internal customers and you also have external customers. So internal customers may be considered your coworkers. It could be your boss. It could be anyone who needs you to give them what they need to get their job done in a timely manner. And then we also have 
external customers. External customers are the ones who actually write a check to you or write a check to your customer or write it to your company. And basically, we can only delight our external customers to the extent that you and your internal customers work together, your coworkers. And so we have to, and if you and your coworkers don't work well together, ultimately you're going to disappoint the external customers who write a check and actually pay your salary. So what we're going to do is talk about some of the things that can get in the way. And it's interesting because I had a couple of situations that I heard about this week that was really relative to the show. Uh, I was talking to, to individuals about how emotion got in the way or even emotion or pride got in the way and caused two separate situations where uh, a sales professional or a business owner lost a really big customer. And I'd like to share those with you just to kind of segue and, and get us into the show. Uh, there was one situation where this, this uh, sales professional had a customer that did probably a couple of million dollars worth of business with, with him a year. And something happened where he received an email from someone in purchasing, and this person in purchasing uh, sent it out to several other people. So there were, there were quite a few people that uh, were copied on this email. And I guess the, the purchasing guy said the salesperson didn't do something right or could have done something better. And the first thing the, the salesperson did, which is a natural uh, reflex, we have a tendency to get defensive if someone accuses us of doing something not well or even falsely. So what he did immediately was respond with an email and he touched sin and he replied to everyone. So within a matter of days, the manufacturer that they were a supplier for, a distributor for, got a call and said, well, we do not want to do business with this particular company anymore that is your distributor. And either you find us someone else that we can work with or we will give all of this business that we have to one of your competitors. And obviously the manufacturer had to do what was in the best interest of their company and they found another distributor in that same territory that that client could work with. And I think that could have been averted had the sales professional taken pause and process this whole thing before he just fired off an email. And that's one of the worst things we can do. Fire something off while we are still inflamed with emotion. We need to be mindful of that. Another situation I heard of a few days ago, which I thought was, I'm like, okay, wow, this is, this is timely. Uh, there was a company who had already won a job. And they were installing a, a bunch of office furniture into this particular company. Uh, it was over a million dollars worth of, worth of furniture. And apparently the owner of the furniture dealership made a decision to take some people off of that job and send them someplace else. Now, this company was under a tremendous time frame, uh, time crunch. So the facilities guy came up to the owner who happened to be there, and say, listen, it doesn't look like you're going to finish on time. We have to get this done on time. And instead of comforting 
the client, the the owner said, you know, listen, I've been doing this now for 20 years, and I think I know what I'm doing. And the the facilities manager said, you need to be careful how you move from this this point on because we can cancel this. And the owner had one more set of things to say. So here he lost a job that he had already won because he was not able to control his responses. Now, and I'll share something personally with you. I had a situation happening with me one time where I, I made an agreement with a client and they sent me, they said, okay, we'll, we'll have our uh, attorney uh, draw up the agreement. And when I received the agreement, I looked at it and several things were changed that were not what we agreed on. And being human, I, I got upset about it, and I typed up an email, and I was prepared to send it. But before I sent it, I called someone, uh, a close confidant, and I told them the situation. And, I, and I'm like, man, this is not right. You know, this is not what we agreed to. This is what I want to say to them. And I said, what do you think? And they said, ooh, Ty, no, ooh, Ty, don't. don't. I said, no, no, I need to. They said, no, Ty. Don't send that. Please don't send it. Sleep on it. So I did sleep on it. And the next morning when I woke up with fresh eyes, a renewed mind, I looked at what I was about to send. And I said, ooh, ooh, oh, oh. And I tried changing up some words and I let another day go by. And then I looked at it again. And, you know, ultimately I didn't send anything and I did end up calling the, the the client after, you know, I calmed down. And I said to them, I said, you know, I did receive the agreement from your attorney. And I have to tell you that in no way will that agreement work for our interaction. I said, I will send you an agreement from my copyrights and patent attorney. And the person said, well, Ty, you know, uh, no, no harm, no foul. You know, I'm sure our attorney only did what he thought was protecting us. I said, I got that. I understand it. And I don't have a problem with that. But I will be sending you uh, an agreement. And as a result, by me holding off in my response, I was able to salvage and even to make even better a relationship with a customer. Because my first response, and I am so glad I did not press send. Because I could have potentially, uh, I, based on emotion, lost a very important client. So you want to always look for a way, if at all possible, to save a relationship. Okay, And we want to talk about some ways we can do that. So first of all, let's just kind of recap very quickly and talk about what is it customers want? What are they ultimately looking for? And one of the things that your customer is looking for is friendly, courteous service. A lot of times a customer has deadlines and has things going on in their organization where they need our services and they need our products. And if the product does not perform properly or the service is not in a timely manner, it puts them in tremendously tough situations. So we don't always understand what they're feeling or go through. All we hear is what we feel as the disrespectful, uh, disrespect, 
coming from them or them treating us like we're children or saying things that may be harsh or rude. And we have to learn to not take those things personally. We need to try to find out what's going on and see how we can solve that problem for the customer. And then we'll see the other side of that customer once things aren't as heated. Another thing that the customer is looking for is flexibility. In other words, all companies have to have policies, rules, guidelines. Otherwise, you can't call it an organization. That would be disorganization. But when a, when a client is in duress, the last thing they want to hear, and I know as a customer, the last thing I want to hear is someone quoting all of their rules and policies at me. I want you to, if, if at all possible, some kind of way to show me some flexibility to help me get my issue resolved. That's how you create customer loyalty. The other thing we want to make sure we do is, uh, when it comes to problem solving, even if I caused the problem, you may have given me some instructions and I didn't follow the instructions correctly, so as a result, my product's not working properly. I don't want to hear from you at that point in time. Well, if you had just followed the instructions like we said, you wouldn't have this problem now, would you? You know, even though I caused a problem, help me fix it. If you want customer loyalty, don't use that as an opportunity to beat down the customer that's already upset because things aren't going the way they wanted it to go. So that's what customers want. They want friendly, courteous service, uh, especially when they feel stressed out or they may be even acting out, treat them in a courteous way. They're also looking for flexibility. When things uh, aren't going right for them, I know we have policies and guidelines, but whenever possible, try to make allowances. That's in both the customer's benefit as well as your company. And last but not least, when it comes to a problem that the customer uh, caused, don't use that as an opportunity to beat up on them. So it's time for our first break. You're listening to Forget Patience. Let's sell something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and you're listening to us on the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. We'll be back shortly. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Are you looking for innovative ideas on how to achieve your financial dreams? Tune in to Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday afternoon at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Join certified financial planners Ken Smith and Ethan Broga to learn how you can obtain financial success. You'll be entertained while you discover techniques to alleviate your financial concerns. Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at tymaynergroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R group.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something with Ty Maynard. I am your host, and we're talking about how to resolve conflict with customers. And that's one of the most important things because the the shortest sales cycle is to do business, to get more business out of a customer that you already have. It costs more and it takes a longer sales cycle to try to get business from a brand new customer. So these relationships are very valuable and we really have to nurture them and protect these relationships. So we're just talking about what customers want. And we said that they want friendly, courteous service. Uh, they want flexibility when there's a problem. And even if they cause the problem, help them resolve it. Now, let's talk about what to do in the event we cause the issue with the customer. How do we recover? And the first thing to do is apologize. A lot of times, uh, companies have a tendency, or the individuals within the company have a tendency to pass the buck. They want to blame everybody. Well, the, the installer should have, well, the design department didn't, and, you know, well, the administrator, the assistant didn't. You know what? The customer really doesn't want to hear that. It's amazing if the company, if your organization contributes, anyone in your organization contributed to the problem that the customer is having. They see it as the entire organization's problem. And if you think about it for a second, from a sports analogy, if a second baseman uh, is trying to field a ground ball and it takes a hop and gets past him into the outfield, you see that the outfielder behind him trying to back him up. And they don't care about who caused the problem, who had the error. They come together to try to resolve it. And you see the same thing in football. If there's a fumble, they don't care who dropped the ball. You see everyone on the field going towards that ball. They'll sort it out later what exactly happened. But the, the main thing now is to resolve the problem. And that's what we want to do for the customer. So it doesn't matter whether it was your department or not. If the customer is upset, apologize. I really regret that this happened to you. I'm really sorry that this happened. Let's see what we can do to take care of it. And that's the next thing after you apologize. Fix the problem. 
fix it as quickly as possible. And another thing that customers appreciate, because anytime there's an error, if, if, if it has to do with uh, my flight or a hotel room or my meal at a restaurant, I always appreciate it when they not only fix it, but they do a little bit extra. If I'm at a restaurant, maybe they also give me an extra des- They give me a free dessert. Uh, that made the stain go away from the problem that I just had. So that little extra. And last but not least, what we need to do is follow up to confirm that now they're satisfied. Now they are delighted. So we, what we want to do is we want to first apologize if we drop the ball. Then we want to fix it to the best of our ability. And whenever possible, we want to do a little extra. And it, it doesn't have to be a whole lot. And last but not least, follow-up. And the follow-up is the one thing I see organizations and individuals not do well. And that's just basically closing the loop, bringing the, the – bringing, the, the circle to a, a full close. All right, now we've confirmed that they're delighted. And believe it or not, it's not about how well you do a job sometimes. It's about how well you recover when something goes wrong with the job. Because we know as a rule, no one gets it right every time. But companies will feel better about your organization if they know that if the ball is dropped, the recovery is going to be exceptional. So that's what we need to take look at. And uh, there's another thing called the way it is model. And a lot of times we try to make decisions or we try to talk to a customer with not all of the information. And the more information we can get, the better the communication and the conflict resolution is going to be. So the way it is model basically is there's the way I see it, there's the way you see it, and then there's the way it really is. And the only way to get to the way it really is, is to have extensive communication. And the communication has to be going in both directions. You have to be talking to them, and they have to be talking to you. But most importantly, when they are talking to you, you have to be willing to listen. You have to be willing to listen to actually understand what they're saying or what they're feeling, and not just listening to respond. And we'll talk about that in in greater detail, but we want to make sure we are listening to understand, not just listening to respond. Now, so there are going to be times when you have to talk to a customer or even a coworker, and there has to be some type of confrontation. You're going to have to confront the customer or the coworker on a situation. In most cases, the majority of us, we resist confrontation. Uh, in some of my workshops, I'll, I'll say, how many of you are comfortable confronting someone on an issue that may be uncomfortable? I would say less than 10% raise their hand. So as a result, we do nothing. And there are several reasons we resist confrontation. One of the reasons is, well, we were brought up to avoid it, Okay. We didn't see confrontation handled well in, in our home, in our family. So either the confrontation, they just didn't speak. And after a while, maybe four or five days, 
it went away and they just started talking again. And we say, oh, okay, that's how you handle confrontation. You avoid it. You just don't say anything about it. And eventually it goes away. But nothing goes away if it's not addressed. It just gets buried. And then something gets buried on top of that. And then eventually, one day, it's going to erupt. It's kind of like if you're blowing, if you have a deflated balloon and you keep blowing in it. If at some point you don't let any air out of the balloon, eventually that balloon is going to pop if you keep blowing into it. So we didn't see it handled well when we, when we were brought up. Either they avoided it or it became very angry and it became violent. And we say, oh, we don't want any, any of that. So we stay away from it. Also, we all have this, this need and this tendency to be liked. We want to we want to be accepted. And well, if I say something, then they may not like me. But I promise you, if you don't say something, eventually you're going to have something to deal with. And also the other problem is we have a tendency to take responsibility for other people's feelings. And you can't take responsibility for that feeling. You can take only responsibility for how you deliver the message. And we're going to talk about some ways to deliver a message so other people can receive it. All right. And also, we we have this concern about the fear of negative consequences. Suppose I confront this coworker. Uh, suppose I confront this customer about bad behavior, uh, not paying the bill on time, and they get upset with me. Uh, man, th- there could be negative consequences. And what I'm willing to tell you is, what I'm here to tell you is, there will be negative consequences if you don't, if you don't address it. And I, I'll give you a, pers- a personal example. When I was working in, in corporate America, I was on a, a sales team. There were three of us on this team. And we were given this huge goal that we had to hit for our territory. And basically, we all needed to be kicking on all cylinders in order for us to make any money. And the way we were paid at the time was we had a salary, uh, there was commission, and there was a huge bonus for every percentage point we hit above 100%, we got a bucket of money. Okay, and I have this saying, everything is funny. When you're making more money. All right. So I wanted to make more money. As a matter of fact, the sky appears to be more sunny when you're making more money. You can you almost guaranteed more honey from your family. It's, it's just life is good. All right. So there were two guys on my team, myself and another guy. We were very aggressive. We were going out there trying to make things happen. And we had another person on our team that was somewhat distracted. They weren't uh, as aggressive. They weren't going out there. They had a tendency to be playing more than they were working. So I said to my other teammate, I said, I don't know what's going on with, uh, I'll change the name, Jesse. Uh, I think we need to sit down and talk with Jesse to, to see what's going on with him and how we can help him. And my team, they say, well, no, nah, let's just leave that alone. I say, no, you can leave it alone. I'm going to talk to him. He said, okay, well, I'm coming with you. So I approached Jesse and I say, Jesse, first of all, I really want to thank you for all that you've taught me 
you know, here I came from a, a totally different industry and you kind of took me under your wings and you gave me a lot of insight that has helped me be more successful quickly. And I really appreciate that. And he said, well, thank you. I said, you know, at the same time, it's kind of been clear to me that it seems like you've been distracted recently and, you know, they've given us this huge goal. And in order for us to make any money, we all need to be kicking on all cylinders. And right now, it just seems like you're distracted. And if we don't do something soon, we're not going to hit our bonuses. And we were wondering if there was anything we could do to help you. And he said, wow. He said, you know what? You know, I do have some things going on right now. And he talked about some personal issues. He said, at the same time, you're right. I need to get out of this. And so we can make the money we want. And and that's why we're here. And he said, here's my commitment to the team. And he then identified some things he was going to do differently. And I have to tell you, as a result of my confronting my coworker and also my customer, he was my customer too. We ended up like 116% of our quota. We all made money. Life was good in my neighborhood. And that was only because we did not let it go by the wayside because what would have ultimately happened if I didn't confront him and we ended up at 86, 90% of our quota and we didn't make money, there's going to start to be animosity and some resentment among the team. And just like that balloon being blown up bit by bit by bit, ultimately there's going to come a time where it's just going to be like a hand grenade was thrown in the midst of our team and it's going to be complete chaos so conflict resolution and confronting someone does not have to be a bad thing if you really want the best to happen in relationships it requires the desire and the willingness to confront a situation and as I, as I always say, this is the fastest hour of the week, and it's time for us to take another short break. This is Ty Maynard, and you're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something on the Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Our workplace is dynamically changing. How do you stay ahead of the curve with respect to learning and training? Tune in every week to The Future of Workforce Learning and Development with host Dr. Pamela Robinson. You'll learn about real-world strategies, solutions, and resources that will showcase these changes and keep you ready for what's next. The Future of Workforce Learning and Development is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in for What About Wealth every week to learn the vital answers to your questions about creating wealth, investing it, donating it, and protecting it. Your hosts are Rich Bloomfield and Rick Durfee, who explain the principles that govern wealth in terms you can understand. Building and preserving positive wealth requires correct action, but few people know how wealth really works. Listen every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and find the answers you need about wealth. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. I am your host, Ty Maynard, and today's show is talking about keys to successfully resolving conflict with customers. And let's continue on that front. I want to talk about for a moment some of the things that can contribute to communication going wrong so we can be mindful of that and we can hedge against that happening. Uh, The first thing that can make communication go wrong is if we're using the wrong language, okay? If you're talking in a way that can be offensive to someone, uh, if you're using profanity uh, and that they find that offensive, for example, I know I can tell you now I find uh, profanity offensive. If you're using that towards me, we aren't going to be able to, to, to get through a situation that way. So we have to be careful of the language. We have to be careful of the actual tone that we're using with the individual. Also, we need to make sure we have the right attitude. We have to be prepared to confront and resolve conflict. Uh, and you, you can't go into uh, a session to resolve the conflict with a closed mind. You can't walk in saying, well, you know what? I'm just going to get what, get what I have to say off my chest, and I don't care what they have to say. You know, they can talk to the hand. It has to be open, two-way communication. And another thing that can happen that we need to be mindful of is sometimes we want to give too much information at one time. In other words, we're going to overload them. We've waited until we just have so much. We have this laundry list of complaints we have about this customer, all right, that we need to resolve. And I, my thought is don't wait until the list get that long. You should be resolving things on a regular basis, okay? And then it won't get that big. So we want to go in, hey, you know, I, I have uh, some things I need to talk about, and it won't take long. And then we pull out this whole long laundry list, and, and my thought is this. Even if you do have a laundry list, in many cases, some of the things that's on that list are really just personal differences that really have nothing to do with business. If it's not impacting business, it's just the personal differences based on you, your family background, your life experiences, the culture you were raised in, and it's not impacting business, you need to leave that alone. I would identify the things that's impacting the effectiveness of doing business and those the things that we address. So by if you had 20 things on the list, that may narrow it down to eight that's really relevant to business. And then of those eight, I would say which of these are a priority? Which of these are most impactful right now? And it may be one, two, or three. And then those are the things that you talk about. 
instead of trying to talk about 20, narrow it down to the three things that's really impactful. All right. Another thing that can impact business and make it, uh, excuse me, impact communication and cause it to go awry is distractions. Okay. Interruptions or discomfort. For, for example, if, if I walked in and I'm trying to talk to a customer about, you know, we keep trying to deliver it, but the, the dock is always uh, not enough people on the dock to help receive the, the product in. If I meet with the customer and I need to talk about this, if the customer says, okay, Todd, thanks for coming in. Listen, I, uh, I appreciate you coming in. Uh, we want to continue to foster a great relationship. So what's important to you is important to me. I've, I've set aside this time for you. What's going on? And I start talking, and then they take a phone call, and then they'll scrolling through their, 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 their smartphone, and then they're doing other things. That tells me or it makes me feel that what I'm saying is really not that important. You know, if they get on the phone and they start talking about a tea time for Friday morning, you know, those things discount the other individual. And, and if, if we think about it, some of us, we've all been guilty at some point or another where uh, we allow distractions, we allow interruptions when someone is trying to tell us what they feel is really important. Another thing that can negatively impact the situation uh, in, in resolving conflict is if the information is passed through too many channels. So let's say uh, I'll make up a name. Let's say I need to speak to Rob. All right. And I go to uh, to to Jessica and say, hey, Jessica, have you uh, seen Rob today? No, I haven't. OK, I need to talk to him. Something really disturbing me. OK, so now Jessica goes to uh, Mary. Hey, Mary, what's going on between Ty and, and Rob? Well, I don't know why. What, what, what's going on? Well, I don't know. Ty came by and asked me if I seen Rob and he seemed pretty, pretty upset. The next thing you know. Mary goes to Martha and says, hey, Martha, did you hear about this thing that's going on with, uh, with Ty and Rob? Ty came in looking for him this morning. He was ready for a fight. And now Martha goes to Jerry and says, hey, Jerry, did you hear about the fight in the parking lot between Ty and Rob? Yeah, it was pretty ugly. You know, Ty knows that martial arts stuff, man, and it's, it's, it, was, it was unbelievable. And the next thing you know now, Jerry goes to, to, to Rob and say, hey, hey, Rob, you need to get out of here because Ty says he's going to kill you. Now, guess what? That's I'm joking, but I'm serious because instead of me going to one other person and telling them and them telling a person who tells someone else, and we've all played that game before where you tell one person something, and by the time it goes all the way around the room, it sounds nothing like the initial statement that was made. That's what happens when the information is passed through too many channels. If I have an issue or I need to resolve something with Rob, I should go straight to Rob. (laughs) Or if there's a multitude, maybe two or three people that's involved, instead of me telling one person to tell another person, I need to get all of us in the same room at the same time. And so information passed through too many channels can negatively affect communication. And the other thing is poor feedback. I, I, I've mentioned that before, but poor feedback. If 
we we come to terms on something, there needs to be a time where we come back together, whether it's a week or two weeks, to see how the changes have resolved the issue that required us to meet together in the first place. Okay, so guess what? If we agree to meet in, in, in a week, then we can say, okay, so how did the suggestions we make ch- resolve that issue? Well, okay, uh, this is now done on time, and we don't have a backlog here. Oh, we're still having an issue with this. Okay, we're good. Two things. Okay, so now let's talk about how we resolve that issue. There needs to be feedback in order to keep the process moving forward because if there's no feedback, there's no accountability. So we need to be mindful of that. We need to, to, to be, be protective of that. And, and some other things that can make communication go wrong or bad communication techniques is, is uh, the silent treatment. You know what? I'm so angry, I just won't speak to you. And then you'll know how I feel. Really? Really? How can I know how you're feeling if I don't hear it from you? <laughs> so the silent treatment is a, is a ineffective form of communication. It does not work. It does not work well because I'm left to make assumptions if I don't hear it from your lips. All right? And then... The other thing is sarcasm. Sarcasm is a very poor form of communication. And normally when sarcasm is used, it's used to the disadvantage of someone else. It normally demeans or discounts another person. Well, obviously, your your lobotomy was unsuccessful, and other people are going to laugh at that. But it, it normally causes pain to someone, and it's going to cause them to go into uh, their shell. Uh, the, the proctologist obviously misplaced his watch during your last visit. You know, all of those things sound funny, but they hurt people. They hurt people. All right? So we want to make sure we put ourselves in the best possible way to get effective communication. So let's talk about when is communication really effective. Communication is effective when these three things happen. And if you aren't looking for these three things to happen, you're not ready to communicate. You're not ready to resolve this conflict. You're not ready to confront the individual. The first thing we want is we were looking for a positive behavioral change. As a result, when I speak to this individual, to this client, I'm looking for whatever was causing the rub to improve. If they aren't paying you on time, if they aren't getting the the agreements done in a timely manner, whatever it is, you're looking for a positive behavioral change. You aren't looking for an opportunity to vent, to give them a piece of your mind. I promise you it's not going to go well if you do that. The other thing is this. You want the person's self-esteem to be intact as a result of the confrontation. So we're looking for a positive behavioral change. We're looking for their self-esteem to be intact as a result. And we're also, lastly, we're looking for our relationship to be enhanced with them as a result of the communication that we just had. And if you aren't looking for those three things to happen, because I believe me, I know I have people call me all the time uh, for for coaching. 
that need to deal with a, a tough situation. And in most cases, they're upset when they call. They're angry. They're emotional. And they want to give the person a piece of their mind. They want to they wanna tear them down a notch. That's, they're not ready. They're not ready. You need to slow it down, give it a few days, because what we're looking for is a positive behavioral change. We're looking for their self-esteem to be in, intact and even enhanced. And we're looking for your relationship to be enhanced as a result of the communication that you are going to make with that individual. All right. So that brings us to something called balanced feedback. And if you if we can uh, go back for a moment, when I was talking about my communication with my coworker who was not performing well at that time because of some personal things they had going on, which we weren't privy to, uh, what I did first was call balanced feedback. And it's time for a break. It's time for our last break, the shortest hour of the week. When we come back, we're going to talk about balanced feedback. And I'm going to give you another example of how to communicate effectively. So at the end, when it's all said and done, the relationship is stronger than it was before the communication. And you still have the customer and you're still their vendor and you can now move forward and continue to do business together. So it's time for our final break. This is Ty Maynard and you're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk to you on the other side of the break. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network we hear it and read about it every day in the news america is heading over a fiscal cliff home prices are still receding and unemployment growing how can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Business owners, do you run your business or does your business run you? Put yourself on the road to success by tuning in to Success Unchained with hosts Anthony and Julie McGloin. At last, discover how to overcome your biggest challenges, take control of your business, and achieve the results you've always dreamed of. Find out how with our resident master business coach and world-class guest experts. Transform the nine key areas of your business and unchain your true potential. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Always talking business? Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Forget Patients, Let's Sell Something. If you want to reach Ty Maynard or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can send an email to Ty at TyMaynerGroup.com. That's T-Y-E at T-Y-E-M-A-N-E-R Group.com. Now, back to the show. 
Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. And keep in mind, when we talk about forgetting patient, we're not saying be impatient. We're saying be proactive. That's what we're about, being proactive, okay? And we're talking about keys to successfully resolving conflict with your customers. And I'm giving you some, some just some awesome nuggets I would like to thank on how we can foster better relationships develop customer loyalty, and gain more business as a result. So we were talking about a technique called balanced feedback. And, I, and, and balanced feedback is the best way to get someone to be able to receive uh, the confrontation that you are embarking upon. And if you think about when I had to confront my coworker, uh, Jesse, one of the first things I did was I told him the positive things I appreciated about him. So what you want to do to start off is identify something you genuinely appreciate about the other person. All right? Make it genuine. There has to be something, okay? I don't want you saying, you know, uh, Jesse, you know, I like the way... uh, I like like the way you file stuff, but let me tell you the problem I have with you, buddy. Uh, It's not going to work. It has to be something you genuinely appreciate. And then after I told him about what I genuinely appreciated, at that point, then I then talked about the issue at hand. That just makes it so much easier for the person to absorb what you're sharing with them. Because our natural tendency, if we're left to our, our own tendencies, is to just go right into the issue. Uh, it doesn't work as well. Or either what we'll do is we'll beat the person up and then we'll throw them a bone at the end. Oh, and by the way, I like the way you file stuff. And they're they're thinking to themselves, you know what, you could keep that that comment or compliment and I could tell you where you might want to, yeah, okay. So balance feedback. Start with the positive, something you genuinely appreciate. And then after that, you want to go to the issue at hand, and be able to talk through that. Uh, but let's talk about, again, how to, to, to have basically constructive confrontation. You want to have an objective description of the undesirable behavior, okay? Objective, not subjective. Objective means void of your emotion and void of your opinion, all right? Guess what? The job was not on time. That's objective. Subjective would be, you know what? I personally think I didn't like your attitude. And, and on top of that, the job was not on time. Let's stay with objective. And then we also want to be prepared to listen to what they have to say. There may be a valid reason why it wasn't on time. I can't tell you how many times I have people call me. And they have one side of the story, and they are so upset because of the side of the story that they have. And I say, well, you know, there's probably another side to that as well. Now, your side, the side you have may be completely accurate. But I think in order before you make a decision, you probably want to get the other person's perspective. And it's always interesting to me how when they come back with both sides, it looks, it looks a whole lot different. It really does. So be prepared also to listen to the response from the person that you're confronting. They may have valid reasons for the reason 
they did something a certain way that you may not have been privy to outside of hearing it from their lips. Also, be clear on the the expected result. Identify what the expected result was. Okay? Also be prepared to talk about future expectations. And you definitely, you definitely want to have a commitment or agreement on the future behavior. Those things are critical. Okay? Objective description of the undesirable behavior, not subjective. You want to listen to what they have to say. And you want to listen to understand. You want to have a clear expected result. And you want a commitment or agreement on future behavior for both of you. And in preparing for the communication, which you have to get ready. You have to get ready for it. Prepare yourself. All right? And what you want to do is maintain control of your emotions. Keep the emotions out of it, okay? Because emotions, emotions will make the communication go awry. Keep void of emotions. And believe it or not, I, I really recommend that you actually rehearse what you're going to say. If it's an all-important communication with a customer, uh, I would even have one of your, your coworkers or your boss role play with you. Role play it out. Tell them so you can ad- anticipate what their responses are going to be and how you will respond in, in kind to what they're going to say. And, and, and keep in mind that we don't want to get upset. We don't want to get aggressive. Uh, and I recommend you, you rehearse actually aloud so you can hear yourself. It's amazing how many times we'll say things in our head and it sounds perfect. Sounds flawless. But once it starts coming out of your mouth, you're like, oh, my goodness, and you can't pull it back. So you actually want to practice and rehearse aloud. And there, there are three aspects you want to monitor as you're talking. You want to monitor your voice tone, your voice inflection, because you can say things in different inflections, and it can make a difference. You can say, uh, hey, uh, I know you wanted to meet with me, and I, I just wanted to hear what you had to say. Or you could say, yeah, I heard you wanted to meet with me, and I just wanted to hear what you had to say. It's the exact same words, but the voice tone and the voice inflection changes drastically how the other person will receive it. Your facial expressions also have a major impact on the other person and how they receive it. If you're there and you're looking relaxed and you're looking, well, you have open body posture uh, and you have a smile on your face, that allows the person to be more open to you. Or you could have a frown on your face and you can almost have like a snarl where your teeth, you're showing some of your teeth the same way a rabid animal might. You know, that's going to cause the person to close up and not be willing to listen as much to what you have to say. And also your body language. When you walk in, if you have an open posture, your hands are down by your sides or 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 you're turning sideways like you're getting ready to perform martial arts. That causes the person to potentially shut down. Or even if you're sitting down as far as body language and you're facing them directly, that's a beautiful thing. 
Or guess what? You cross your arms and you cross your legs and you turn sideways from the person, which insinuates maybe that you aren't receptive. You aren't going to be open to what they have to say. And another thing I kind of recommend sometimes also is being mindful about reading too much into body posture. I never forget there was one person uh, who sat through an entire meeting and had his arms folded. So the other people in the meeting read that was, okay, he's not receiving anything I'm saying. He's shut down on us. This is not getting through to him. And turns out the person had a, a cracked rib. And by them uh, holding their arms in close, that allowed them to put pressure on the rib, which made it feel better. So sometimes we can read too much into body language. But the main thing we want to do is just always be prepared to listen and keep in mind we're looking for a win-win. We're looking for a way that both parties can really understand what the other party was feeling and we can come to terms that we both feel good about. That's what we're always looking for. And if we're willing to do those things, to communicate openly, effectively, try to be void of emotion, do everything in your power to not be defensive, that will help you communicate far more effectively. Uh, it will help you avoid negative situations, and it will help you gain customer loyalty and gain more business from those customers. And speaking of gaining more business from customers and better understanding your customers' needs, I want you to go to my website. website is questdeck.com, Q-U-E-S-T, D as in dog, E-C-K, Dot com because it will allow you, this is a system that I have developed, and it's designed to help you uncover all of your clients' needs. It's help, designed to help you increase your sales percentage and shorten your sales cycle in under two minutes. And I have a video on the website to actually show you how it's done. So I want you to go to questdeck.com, Q-U-E-S-T, D-E-C-K. And once again, our time is up. Thank you very much for tuning in. I thank you for those of you who are listening from around the world. And every month, our audience listenership is growing. And I thank you. And our goal is to continue to bring you tools, tips, techniques, ideas to help you in your quest to be the best in sales, business, and life. And in the meantime, until next week, forget patience. Let's sell something. Talk to you soon. Thanks again for tuning in to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something. Ty Maynard will be back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to you joining us then. In the meantime, forget patience. Let's sell something.